Bond. James Bond. We're talking James Bond. Hit it. It was the 1980s. MTV showed us the video killed the radio star. Thundercats were on the move. Willow Ufgood saved Delora Dannon from Queen Bavmorda. And 007 was on ITV at Christmas. I'm your host, Jerry D., with another episode of Totally Rad Christmas, the podcast that talks all things Christmas in the 80s. Toys, movies, specials, music, and fads. If it was gnarly during Christmas in the 80s, we got it covered. Now, before I introduce my guest, it's time for the 80s word of the day. As always, it comes from the Dictionary of 1980 Slang by Rick Carlisle. Today's word is drop science, verb, to impart knowledge, educate, to place wisdom in front of the listener. Coming from You Played Yourself by Ice-T, 1989. Use it all the time. Now, joining me is a totally rad Christmas all-star from Christmas Creeps. It's Joseph Wade. Joe, how's it going? Doing well. Here to drop some science like Galileo dropped the orange. (laughs) Good screaming, everybody. (laughs) Glad to be back. It's been too long. It really has been too long. The last time we talked about a fun little Canadian flick... Yeah, that was wild. <laughs> yeah, yeah, some alien wise men. Uh, but this time, we're going to be talking something a little more obscure when it comes to Christmas. We're talking James Bond. But the... Yeah. Before we get into that, like, how you doing, man? I'm I'm doing great. Uh, just got back from a trip to Texas, where it's definitely oh. not any not any, anywhere close to even autumn yet. <laughs> where where but, in Texas? Uh, uh, San Antonio. I have a brother in San Antonio. It's about five hours from where I am. Oh, okay, cool. Yeah, we uh, in Texas we judge everything by hours. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, we don't do miles. It's by how many hours it takes. That's oh, about okay, I get that. that. Yeah. <laughs> Well, that's cool. Um, San Antonio. Yeah. Nice little, the river walk is pretty nice. And, oh, it's beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. A couple little things here and there, but uh, I think that's where they actually filmed um, Cloak and Dagger. I don't know if you remember that one. Ooh, yeah, I do. All right. I'll show you what a real hero would do. Watch this. Just get him shoot over here. Okay. Okay. Oh, Agent Axel bounce the bullets right back at him. Come on. Uh, Dabney Coleman. Yeah, definitely. I, that's 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 a real deep cut. Uh, and <laughs> yeah. Of course, of course, we had to go to the Alamo and ask everybody about the basement. The basement, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> There's no basement at the Alamo. <laughs> and one one of the tour guys just rolled their eyes and said, "Every single like dad asks about the Alamo basement." <laughs> Well, especially dads our age, right? <laughs> yeah, ex- exactly. Like it's that 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 get the you know mid thirties kind of guy just 
I just got to know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no, I hear you. Uh, I remember asking when I was, when I was a kid. So yeah, I get it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but, uh, so we're talking James Bond tonight. Like what's your experience with, uh, with Jay? What do you remember about James Bond? Oh man. Well, I mean, especially like as a kid in the, you know, growing up in the eighties and early nineties, there was always a James Bond marathon on and around the holidays. Right. Whether it was like the 007 days of Christmas or, uh, you know, 12 days of James Bond or 15 nights, however many nights there were, there was always a James Bond movie on. So um, I didn't really get into it until, you know, well into the 90s. But as a kid, I remember there was always like an old Bond movie on TV somewhere. Yeah. And and I'm the same way. But I do kind of feel a little bit of shame. So when I was younger... I always liked the Roger Moore movies better than I liked the Sean Connery ones. Don't judge me, guys. It's okay. <laughs> I think that's that's perfectly fine. The Roger Moore movies are like almost out and out comedies. So like, of, yeah. of course, we would like those more. Yeah, yeah, exactly. We didn't get all the stuff, you know, all the serious yeah. spy Cold War espionage stuff from Connery. No. Yeah. That wasn't important. Enough. <laughs> no, no. I just like that cool golden gun, you know. And <laughs> exactly. <laughs> or the Star Wars one, you know, Bond in space. But but yeah, <laughs> it, uh, same thing. I remember they were always on, uh, like usually TBS. Uh, mm-hmm. I think later yep. on, and it was like TNT as well. But it was just one of those things where it was like, oh, okay, I guess I'm going to watch Bond tonight. And we'd just tune in and, you know, we'd see shenanigans ensue. Oh, yeah. But I didn't really connected with Christmas until they started doing, like you said, the 007 days of Christmas. Yeah. I didn't realize like how far back that actually went. Like that was a thing in Britain and it kind of started in 1978 when, Oh wow. ITV needed something to show on Christmas day. And you know, what better to show than a James Bond movie that would totally rake in the viewers. So the very first one was Diamonds Are Forever, which is probably Sean Connery's least successful Bond. Yeah, unless Uh, we're going to talk about the one that no one talks about. Never Say Never Again. Never Say Never Again. (laughs) That's not a Bond movie. (laughs) Yeah, it's it's Mm -hmm. (laughs) quasi-Bond. And, you know, I remember, uh, side note, I remember being like so confused about that because I was like, I feel like I've seen this one before. And it turns out, of course, it's like a remake, essentially, of Thunderball done by a completely yeah. different company. But, like, the whole time I remember watching it, was like, Largo, I remember a villain named Largo. Like, why is this so familiar? <laughs> and <laughs> it was just one of those, like, Mandela effects or something, you know, I thought. <laughs> and then, like, much later, I found out, like, that one came from the director of Empire Strikes Back. So I'm, I thought, like, oh, man, so it must be great, right? It's okay. <laughs> it's... It is what it is. Kim Basinger's in it, so that's at least a plus. <laughs> that's true. That's that's always good. It's always good to have. But so 1978 was the very first one. And then in, in 1980, they actually, so in over there in, in the UK, the TV Times was like a huge thing on Christmas. It's like the Christmas edition of TV Times is it. And usually people stuff themselves Christmas Day and then fall asleep reading the TV Times and putting something on the show, you know, on mm-hmm. the telly. And so in 1980, they actually had Roger Moore on the cover, along with a couple of British comics. It was to promote The Man with the Golden Gun that they showed on Christmas Day at 6 p.m. From there, every year they started showing a Bond film. And then finally, in 89, we actually get On Her Majesty's Secret Service, which is 
kind of like the Christmas James Bond film. <laughs> if, if you want to call it that, sure. Yeah, it's, yeah. It's, it's, the, it's really the only <laughs> one. So we're we'll go with it. stretching here, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so, so that's its 80s connection. Uh, they mm-hmm. actually showed James Bond on Christmas Day or Boxing Day all throughout the 80s. That like became a huge staple. And from there, it spawned like as you mentioned, all these different iterations of some sort of number of days of bond. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I even going so far as to do some research for the show, I watched a bunch of old uh, like TBS superstation clips on YouTube from back in the day, 1991, like James Bond bumpers. And it was like uh, coming up after 24 hours of a Christmas story, we're going to start our 007 days of Christmas. So like, <laughs> nice. <laughs> so they, they, they stamped it's like, oh, this is a, this came out on Christmas Day is when they started doing this. So they didn't miss a beat. Yeah. And ITV just wanted really to compete with the uh, BBC, you know, BBC yeah. one. And they were showing like the sound of music and like all mm-hmm. these other, you know, much more Christmassy things. And they're like, well, what's going to draw people in? And of course, well, Bond was a huge success even at that point. Absolutely. So, you know, Roger Moore with all his, and it, it worked because they, they had like millions of viewers. So, and mm-hmm. we'll get into that specifics later, but yeah, James Bond was just, it's one of those that I've always kind of felt a connection with Bond because, you know, he's like the, the, the guy, I guess that every kid wants to be, you know, he's the super spy. He can pretty much get out of any situation. He always wins. The ladies love him. It's, mm-hmm. you know, it's just, it's fun. It's action. It's adventure. So, yeah, I've always really dug Bond, and I remember I started reading the books when I was a, a band director for a little bit, like, during the summers, and I had nothing to oh, do. Wow. So I was like, I was like, well, what am I going to do? And so I just started reading all the books, and I I think Ian Fleming, his writing, it's, I mean, it's not the greatest in the world, but, you know, it's it's entertaining. It's fun. So Yeah, I, and I think that's really all it's meant to be. I mean, right. if you're going to try to put a James Bond novel up against, uh, you know, pick somebody Cormac McCarthy or something you're gonna have a tough time but you know James Bond it it is what it is and the the franchise has been around for so long because it's just playing fun and you there's really no denying that (laughs) no and uh you're right I think Roger Moore definitely had much more fun than Sean Connery (laughs) oh definitely (laughs) okay All all the fun fancy cars all of the um yeah I mean he's the only one who got to go to space you know that's true yeah that's very true. Uh, okay, so before we get into it, as of today, because you know your your mind could change tomorrow, but for today, what's your favorite James Bond movie? Ooh, I mean, my heart's always going to say Goldeneye, but that's just because of when I grew up. Yeah, yeah, I hear you. But um, you know, I re- always had a soft spot for From Russia with Love. Ooh, that's my favorite. <laughs> like that's, it's that's- just. It is my favorite, yeah. Because it's just like even among other other like Sean Connery Bond movies, it's mm-hmm. kind of different. It's, they don't yeah. quite have the formula down yet. They're right. still playing with it, but like the, the the you know the secret agent and the girl on the train with mm. uh, the bad guy coming after him. It's just red like, grand yeah. and tight and yeah, yeah. like uh, there's just so much tension. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. It's it's kind of perfect. It's it's the perfect Bond movie. I agree. And it's actually my favorite Bond book as well. Um, oh, okay. I think, so I read that one, be, well, I read them in order, but when I got to that one, I remember reading the JFK. It was like his, one of his favorite books. So oh, I was like, oh, okay. okay, that's cool. Well, that's just interesting. And I read it and I thought, wow, I can see why. It's actually really well done. It's my, it's like I said, my favorite book. There's mm-hmm. a cliffhanger ending 
So yeah, in the in the movie, uh, at the very end, after Bond defeats the bad guys, Rosa Kleb is actually she stabs him with a poisoned toad, like a, a poison knife. Oh, poison tipped no. knife from her shoe and so in in the in the movie she she misses she doesn't get him in the book she gets him and it like oh, wow he subdues her and then like collapses and that's how it ends and you're like what happened <laughs> you know it's like like a big cliffhanger ending um so i've always really liked them but you're right there's like something different about it it's much more espionage you know based yeah it's Cold it's War much more era. cold. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. It's much more Cold War centric. And yeah. uh, it just is as kind of a history nerd. Like that's a little bit more interesting to me. Yeah, so, I know. Yeah. I completely agree. Yeah, <laughs> I, I, I'm i right there with you. Um, and then, of course, Goldfinger is a classic. Uh, yeah, it's hard to beat Goldfinger. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, did you see Goldeneye in the theater? I, I didn't. I was just young enough where, I mean, going to date myself. I really came into James Bond with the, the Goldeneye video game. Yeah, and, and once once that came out, I was like, Fantastic "Oh, I gotta game. gotta go check out this movie." And that's right. when I, that's when it really got the meat hooks in me. Mm. Um, well, the game fr- was really great. Oh yeah, the game is still great, and like the the fact that they're just now they just now announced that it's coming back onto the Switch. Like I'm, I cannot I wait saw to that. play I it saw online. That. Yeah, it's gonna be fantastic. <laughs> but, yeah, I'm um, excited for that for sure. Yeah, my my first Bond movie in theaters was Tomorrow Never Dies, which okay, it's a pretty good one, but. Right. Uh, I'm always gonna I'm always gonna go to bat for Goldeneye. Yeah, well, and I think out of a uh, Brosnan's run, I think that one's my favorite. It's it's definitely the most like grounded and realistic. Yes, yes. Like, so especially when you get to like the fourth one where he's like windsurfing away from like a space laser that's causing an ice tsunami. <laughs> like, what yeah. are you? What are you talking about here? <laughs> well, I feel like that's kind of the trajectory. So Sean Connery's movies, uh, they start serious. They get a much more campy, but still, you know, they're still a, a little more grounded mm-hmm. than Roger Moore. And same thing, Roger Moore. So like the man with the golden gun and live and let die, like, like they're much more grounded. And then they really true. get a lot more campy. And then Timothy Dalton, it's like, same thing, just his are just grounded. And mm-hmm. I think if he had continued, they probably would have gotten a little more campy, but it's kind of like uh, Pierce Brosnan's films are like, a, I don't know, the, the end of timothy dalton's you know so <laughs> sort of yeah like it, like timothy dalton's would have gotten silly eventually right right but they just kind of dragged it out and I, yeah i guess it's like you know they start off with a new james bond and they're like okay we're gonna take this seriously again and we're gonna do it right and then <laughs> yeah. eventually at three or four movies in they're like uh give the people what they want <laughs> space <Yeah>. lasers <laughs> let's do it <laughs> yeah let's let's drive a car you know in ice <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> Surrounded by ice. Drive a everywhere. car through an ice castle. Like, okay. <laughs> and you know what? As a kid, I was all in. Oh yeah. Like, <laughs> amazing. <laughs> amazing stuff. Yeah, but oh man. But you yeah, you're right. I so so I remember seeing Goldeneye actually in the theater. And unfortunately, that was the first one I saw in the theater, but like that's because of my age, you know, it is what right. it is. Yeah. But after that, I saw all of them in the theater. I remember when Casino Royale came out, and that's probably my second favorite of the novels. Okay. So, yeah, that's that's the that's the only one I've actually read. So you you've got a leg up on me here. You've you've read most of the novels, I guess. <laughs> yeah, I read them all, but that I mean this was like 2005 2006 it's been a minute right but but i mean that was like my favorite one so i was like all right this is gonna be this is gonna be great and sure enough i i really enjoyed it yeah they they knew that they had to 
retool some things to get around you know the, all the silliness from the last pierce brosnan one so right it, it, it was time to it was time to take a new direction and i think they yeah they knocked that one out of the park i yeah absolutely i agree and then uh you know it's kind of hit or miss with his but mm-hmm. i think overall they've been pretty good mostly pretty good yeah 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 i i, I like quantum of solace more than most but i realize that's a minority opinion <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> that's all I'm going to say. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's fair. I get it. And so today, as of today, because again, tomorrow, your opinion may change completely. Who mm-hmm. would you say is your favorite Bond? I will say my favorite Bond is probably still Sean Connery. Yeah, but I, I've got to give it up. You know, Roger Moore, he knows what he's doing in that in that role. <laughs> I, I have to respect it, which was um a view to a kill where he was like 57 years old yeah. and he was older than Tanya Roberts' mom at the time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's, <laughs> that's, that's when he knew he was like, okay, this is time for me to step away. Yeah. But the first few of Roger Moore's, I still have to respect, but like Sean Connery, oh, yeah. like, yeah. like the, the one Roger Moore song goes, you know, nobody does it better. I agree. I agree. Yeah. It's funny because like Roger Moore, those first ones that he was in, you know, to live and let die, and um, mm-hmm. and a man with the golden gun, all those. It's he's almost trying to do that rougher, you know, that that harder edged Connery Bond, and then he kind of really falls into his his very witty, just like like I've mentioned earlier, almost mm-hmm. campy version of Bond. But it really wasn't until like the Spy Who Loved Me that uh, with the score by Marvin Hamlish of all people that it really that's right. You know, it really kind of clicked and gelled into that uh, that more campy bond. But you're right. He knows from that point on, he knew exactly what he was in. He could be mm-hmm. serious when he had to, but most of the time it was just like, hey, we're on an adventure. Let's go. Let's go spying. And yeah, well, <laughs> this is fun. Let's, <laughs> let's let's flip a car in the bayou. Like. That's right. <laughs> yep. <laughs> let's romance a bunch of ladies and shoot yeah. some guns and fly into space and uh let's dress like a circus clown and shoot some pools and snowboard <laughs> yeah <laughs> i mean you, you can't you can't you can't say they're they weren't fun <laughs> as, yeah. as touch and go as repas of them award they were always fun i agree yep <laughs> although for the longest time uh before i had even seen any of uh those because like i said i remember them from the 80s but only a little bit before I'd seen a full Bond movie, the first one I saw was Timothy Dalton's License to Kill. That was like the first entire oh, wow. movie I sat through. So that was like my starting point with Bond. That's like a <laughs> trial by fire. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> so I actually like that one more than most people do. So now I'm in the minority opinion here. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, I, I, I'm into that one, too, because that's yeah. they really they really went like hardcore like miami vice on with that one and i, and really I can did, appreciate yeah. it i can appreciate <laughs> yeah, it yeah it's all like about the drugs and the cocaine mm-hmm. that like can be in liquid form or something i don't yeah it was it was yeah, crazy it was brutal <laughs> <laughs> yeah so james bond 007 mm-hmm. license to kill mi6 and and you know all that jazz created in 1953 by ian fleming and there are already fantastic podcasts out there detailing all the, the ins and outs of James Bond. So I won't get too much into it, but it started with Casino Royale and he was actually mm-hmm. turned down <laughs> until um, I believe it was, was it his brother 
I think that, or his brother-in-law, one of those that actually got him. Oh, yeah. Like, like they wrote travel books and they were like, no, no, you need to check out, you need to check out his book. And so his publisher actually decided to read Ian Fleming's manuscript. And then it was like, okay, we'll publish it. And it turned out to be (laughs) like a, a huge hit. And just because he based a lot of it on his own habits and his own experiences throughout the war. Now, and and remind me, uh, Roald Dahl is involved with these. It's at some in some capacity, right? Yes, although I don't remember off the top of my head. But yes, I I know Roald Dahl was in it as um, somehow. I th- maybe like, it was I, him I, that uh, I, like either either yeah, like Fleming's books were based on like Roald Dahl's like experiences as a spy and during the war. Or Roldal wrote one of the manuscripts for one of the, the films. I'm not entirely sure which, but he's in there somewhere. Yeah, well, and I know that actually Bond was based off of like several agents that mm-hmm. uh, Fleming encountered throughout his life. And and no one can actually say which one exactly it was. There's like, I think, three or four that it could be like definitively. But most of the time, it's uh, people acknowledge and Bond historians themselves think it's just... Uh, probably an amalgamation, you know, of um, of all these different men that he encountered. But right. the name actually, came, James Bond, actually came from an American ornithologist uh, that was an expert on like birds of the Caribbean. And wow, he thought, he thought that uh, Fleming thought it was like the most perfectly bland name. He mm-hmm. wanted like just a common bland name because Bond was basically like just a tool, just a weapon, you know, like. Just point me, and I'll, I'll do what you need me to do. And he wasn't, didn't really have any kind of personal beliefs. It was more just like, yeah, uh, another day, another dollar. I'll do what I got to do to, and that's really about it. Mm-hmm. So he thought that was like the perfect name to go with it, <laughs> which yeah, I get. But it's it's pretty cool. Yeah, good. Like when you first say think James Bond, my first thought goes to like that sounds like the name of an accountant or something. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But, yeah. Uh, <laughs> no, it's it's uh, it's. <laughs> It's a world famous secret agent. Now you you can't get escape the name James Bond without thinking secret agent now. But back then, I'm sure, yeah, that that was just like you know, right. Bob Jones or something. Bond, James Bond. Which again is funny because like in the movies, they kind of like try to have their cake and eat it too. It's like you know he's always he goes undercover and mm-hmm. he's you know as as uh, somebody, but then also it's like. James Bond, famous super spy, you know, <laughs> like they try, <laughs> they try to have it both ways. Uh, mm-hmm. and, and we see that quite a bit and we'll, we'll see a little bit of that here in, in this particular Bond film that we're going to be yeah. talking about on her majesty's secret service. So this is one that I didn't remember from a kid. I don't think I saw this one until like the late 90s, early 2000s was when I first encountered this one. What do you remember about On Her Majesty's Secret Service? Oh, man. So this was the one like mythical 
other James Bond movie that existed out there when I was a kid. Like my friends and I were all about, you know, the Sean Connery ones. Like Connery had his run and Roger Moore had his. And at the time, Pierce Brosnan was right in the middle of his. Right. And did you know there was just a guy who did one Bond movie? And <laughs> I, I even even back in the day, I don't really remember seeing it on TV. Like Yeah, ever. I don't either. Yeah. Same here. And I, I kind of hate to admit it right now, but like watching it for this podcast was the first time I'd ever seen it start to finish. Oh, okay. Yeah. And, yeah. but I, you know, I, I knew like the big ski chase at the end. I knew the big, like twist ending kind of, I, some of these things are just cultural osmosis stuff, but like, right. uh, it's, it's a, it's one of those movies where, you know, they were clearly at a point where they didn't know what to do going forward. So I think mm-hmm. that's why it sort of fell into the background of bond movies. Yeah, well, and I know that um, Cubby Broccoli and uh, uh, what's his name, uh, Salzman, they actually kind of didn't really get along with George Lazenby just because of his reluctance to do more. So he would start to distance himself a little bit from them. Oh, okay. And same thing. So, like at the premiere, he showed up with like a full beard and like long hair, <laughs> and they had asked him to like shave and you know be Bond more like Bond to kind of promote it. And at that point, he pretty much had made up his mind that he wasn't going to be in anymore. So he didn't. He showed okay. up, you know, looking a little ragged, and uh, they were like, "Yeah, we're done with this guy." Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, and like I, I know that even at the time. Um, you know, Sean Connery had stepped away after right. uh, you only think twice. And they had uh I think Roger Moore was at the time, he was already kind of in consideration. Like they were he was, talking yeah. to him about it. Mm-hmm. And I think he went back to do another season of The Saint. That was the show that he was on at the time. Right. Cause I think he he was actually they were looking to film the man with the golden gun, but there was some sort of uh I think I don't know if it was political unrest or or civil unrest, something like that mm-hmm. uh, at the time that they were going to be filming it. And so they decided instead to, uh, to, to just move on and go another route. And so he signed up for a, the saint again, like you said, because yeah. they just took too long and, you know, guys got to eat. So, yeah, exactly. And <laughs> even with this one, I think, yeah. I think I had read that this was supposed to be like the direct sequel to Goldfinger. It was. And, yeah. Yeah. And like, because they, they had this big showstopper, like ski chase at the end, you know, you have to shoot it in the Alps and you have to have snow on the ground. And for like two straight years, they just did not snow. So they kept having right. to push this movie back. Right. Um, which is, has a, a lot to do with, you know, why we didn't see uh, Roger Moore or even Sean Connery come back is because this movie just kept getting shunted off to the back burner. Right. And um, Con- yeah. Connery even said, this is one that he would have rather done than you only live twice. I, yeah. I, I feel like if he had done this one and I know this is not like a, a, a controversial opinion, if he had done this one, it might have been like the best, the best bond movie like hands like, down yeah no i i completely agree if there's anyone that's like an expert at like deep fakes like <laughs> <laughs> please deep fake sean connery into because i think if they had even if they had kept everything exactly the same telly savalas diana rig mm-hmm. everything yeah. i think it would i i agree i think it would have been like the greatest bond movie ever yeah, because like as much as I as much as I love uh, Goldeneye, as much as I love From Russia with Love, this really is almost a perfect Bond movie, except for that one thing. <laughs> it just happens to be that that one thing is George Lazenby <laughs> is is the star of the movie. Yeah, no disrespect to him because he does fine in the movie. It's just he's not Sean Connery, right? Yeah, that's, and, and- that's really all it comes down to. 
Well, yeah. Well, especially at this point, we've seen Sean Connery for five movies straight. Exactly. So, yeah. So like the audience has grown to love him. Um, he's really fallen into the role. You know, he can do the the one liners, um, mm-hmm. but also he still has that rough. It's like suave yet ragged kind of uh, edge that he has to him, you know? Yeah, he's got the same kind of like energy as Daniel Craig, where like he's suave, but also, you know, he could beat you up if he had to. Exactly. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. He's a and- brawler. I mean, and of course, everybody knows that Sean Connery, uh, Ian Fleming loved him so much in his performance that he changed Bond's backstory to actually be part Scottish. And, oh, wow. I didn't know that. Oh, yeah. Okay. yeah. Yep. And so <laughs> it wasn't until his obituary later on um, because he he, quote unquote, dies. So I actually think it is in uh, You Only Live Twice where um, where his obituary is revealed and then it turns out, oh, just kidding, I'm alive. You know, <laughs> <laughs> I had amnesia. I was living with the Japanese girl. Uh, but like like you do. Yeah, exactly, as as one does. But <laughs> but yeah, and so his his dad was Scottish, his mom was Swiss. Oh, okay. And so yeah, but uh, wow. So it, he, th- I mean, that's pretty amazing, you know, to to actually change your character to fit. <laughs> the yeah, to fit, persona it's usually to fit the actor yeah yeah <laughs> that's a huge compliment <laughs> yeah for real uh, i wonder what he what he would have thought of the other guys though honestly i don't know it never happened to the other guy <laughs> but <Ba-doom. laughs> thank you, thank you. <laughs> he'll be here all week folks uh, <laughs> <laughs> one, i'll also go ahead and say one thing i really did love about this movie the way it begins you like you know that they know that they're playing with you know how long can we keep from having to show you that it's not sean connery oh yeah yeah there's because, a lot of shadow stuff from the back it's uh <laughs> yeah like the close-ups of the hands close-ups of like the car you don't see the actor at all until they absolutely have to show him and then once he finally <laughs> makes his appearance uh it's okay okay here here we go yeah <laughs> it's not sean connery let's move on well and this was like his first real like acting job too yeah so i mean that's tough like not only is it I, I mean, I guess people made it work like Chris Hemsworth, you know, became Thor. And now it's like you can't picture anyone else's Thor, you know? Yeah, that's true. But still, yeah, I mean, that's like a tough thing to do to to go from like just being in like a couple of commercials to like now you're James Bond and you have to follow <laughs> Sean Connery. That's, <laughs> that's right. That's like the, the biggest shoes to fill in like cinematic history. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yeah. <laughs> and and and. Like he's Sean Connery and you're a male model who's never done a movie before. Right. Good luck with that. <laughs> yeah. I, I think he also sold cars for a bit too. Mm, yeah. Yeah. Uh, and you can, uh, well, I don't want to say you can tell, but you know what I mean. <laughs> no. He, 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 the, well, he doesn't have like greasy used car salesman energy, but he definitely <laughs> no. has, you know, salesman energy of some kind. <laughs> I, yeah, I, I get it. Yeah. <laughs> So the this the movie is actually really really close to the book. There's just a couple of differences here and there. So for example, the movie starts with Tracy, who's like the you know the the main love interest. She's trying to commit suicide, and Bond actually stops her, and then like she runs away, you know, mm-hmm. and drives away. But in the book, Bond is uh, he's like at uh, MI6, and he's talking with M, and M orders him to continue exploring uh, the mystery of Spectre. Mm-hmm. Because uh, most of the Bond books deal with Smersh, which is that the Russian kind of equivalent to MI6. It's like the Russian spy service. Right, and yeah. um, and it wasn't until later on, like after 
the I don't know things had cooled a little bit that uh, he focused more on Spectre, his his new imaginary terrorist group. But the movies, because you know, you got to make money in Russia as well. You we can't really focus on Cold War era. It's true, yeah. You know, making Russia the villain, so they created Spectre uh, as like the big bad from the beginning in the films. Mm-hmm. In the books, and this is where it's really kind of interesting. So M's like, look, I know you've been hunting Blofeld. You got to keep at it. And Bond's getting very frustrated because it's been a year since they encountered him and as in Thunderball. And at this point, they got nothing. So he wants to move on and do other stuff. So mm-hmm. he's writing his resignation letter. And that's when in a game of, uh, uh, what is it, Sh- Chemin de Fer? I don't, I don't know how you say it. I'm not a, a it's like a version of Baccarat. It's okay. uh yeah, and so in a, she loses all her money. He actually lends her some money so that she can pay her debts, and then while she's going to commit suicide, he saves her, and uh, that's when they things start rolling. In the film, it's the other way around. It's like all this happens, and then he meets with M, and M, you know, that's he's ready to kind of quit essentially, because uh, he wants to pursue, he wants to keep going. In yeah. pursuit of Blofeld. Yeah, M wants to take him off the case because it's been two years right. and he's gotten nowhere with it. Exactly, yeah. So yeah. it's it's like switched, which I think actually makes a little more sense. Yeah, it seems more plausible, I guess, for, yeah. you because know, you, you, you know James Bond wants to catch Blofeld. Like, he's not going right. to just give up. Right. Well, and at this point, they've already met. So it's yeah. uh, Sean Connery and Donald Pleasance, you know, uh, Bond and Blofeld met in You Only Live Twice at the very end. Right. Yeah, that's right. Right. So this kind of messes with the continuity a little bit in the books. It's actually they don't meet until later on. So in uh, Thunderball, like Blofeld is there. He's completely no one really knows about him, essentially. It's it's really interesting. And he actually, Mm -hmm. even though he's the leader of Spectre, they like alternate their numbers. So like all throughout Connery's run, it's like he's number one. And then, you know, Rosa Klebb was like number two. And then, you know, Kronstein was like number three or whatever. Right. And so um, in the books, they alternate their numbers like randomly every so often so that no one will be able to actually oh. track. It's actually quite ingenious. That's very clever. When we meet him in Thunderball, he's number two and Largo is number one, even though oh, okay. Blofeld is the head of the organization. So it's it's like all these cool little things. It's like, oh, that's very spy spyrific, you know, if that's a word. But uh, <laughs> it is now. <laughs> I'm going to trademark that trademark it. Take it. <laughs> no, but um, so I they actually meet in You Only Live Twice at the end. And we get that that famous, you know, he's stroking the cat and Dr. Evil's kind of based off of Donald Pleasance. Yeah, big time. But here, Telly Savalas plays Blofeld. And they kind of get away with it by saying that he's had plastic surgery to uh, to conceal his features. And since he's on the run from the law and, you know, things like that. Yeah, I, I, I don't know if it was if this was part of the uh, the plastic surgery or if it's a different plot point, but they make a big deal out of the fact that he has no earlobes. Yes, that's that's so in uh, I believe that's actually part of the plastic surgery. I know it is okay. in the book because his whole thing is that he's trying to can. He's trying to claim the status of, I think, like Duke, some sort of uh, Duke or Duchy or, or Baron, yeah. uh, Baronric, or I don't know if that's what it, if that's the correct word, but he wants to be like the Baron of uh, the Von Blovilles, something like that, or no, Blochamp. That's what it is. 
yeah in the, in the book it. it's the blueville yeah but so it, it anyway he wants to basically be declared some sort of royalty mm-hmm. like 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 swiss royalty or right uh, something like that right yeah count balthazar de bluechamp yeah yeah that's it <laughs> yeah <laughs> try saying that three times real fast no it's okay <laughs> I'll stick with Blofeld. <laughs> yeah, I agree. Yeah. <laughs> so, so Bond is going to be on the hunt, and in the meantime, he is kind of a he runs. It's the strangest thing. He's kind of runs into uh, Tracy. Uh, like I said, that's the main love interest. Mm-hmm. Her dad. He her dad has some of his henchmen kind of kidnap Bond, and he tells Bond essentially that, hey, look. She's my daughter. Yes, I'm the head of this huge organized crime, <laughs> which is strange. But, you know, I'm like the head of this organized crime family here in Europe. But, you know, she's my only daughter and she has some mental issues. And I think, like, if you married her, you know, she'd be okay. Like, what? <laughs> I mean, that's not a cure for mental illness. No. But we'll take it, I guess. <laughs> it's so weird. Also, like, who are you? You know, how do you know my daughter? You saved her life once and now you got to marry her. I mean, it's just like, okay. Is that the deal for real? Okay. <laughs> marry a crime lord's or a kid. You rescue a crime lord's daughter once and you have to marry her. I mean, <laughs> if I had a nickel. Yeah. 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 I think I remember learning that back in civics, you know. Yeah. Uh, that's how it goes. That's exactly. That's the rule. Uh, Bond, of course, is like, no, I'm not going to marry her, but, you know, like, I'll keep an eye on her. It's, right. Yeah. You know, I mean, I'm a, I'm a decent guy, but but I'll only do it if you use your connections to help me get closer to f- discovering Blofeld. Yes. Yeah. And that's kind of that. And meanwhile, there's all this other there's like a few Christmassy things here and there throughout this uh, movie. Um, we'll see more of them later when Bond is up at his Gloria, you know, Blofeld's hideout in the Swiss Alps. Uh, we'll see it in that little town. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Go to as well. And, and are running from his men and hiding out there. So there's like some cool little Christmassy things, but like I said, it's not really like a Christmas movie, but I'll be honest, I've gone on far less. So <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> for my show, <laughs> we, we, we have, we have woven uh, uh, gold out of far thinner material. <laughs> That's the, that's the best way to say it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but I mean, like the the big, you know, the third act takes place over Christmas because you know he Blofeld basically winds up uh, ensnaring Bond in his his you know Swiss Alp chalet and keeping him there over the holidays. Right. So yeah, and they make a lot. They get a lot of mileage out of having, you know, Christmas trees and lights the tree. and, yeah. and the, um, you know, the setting, the setting works wonderfully. What Like it's, it's just bright and colorful and it's amazing. It's very, <laughs> they make, they make it very psychedelic and weird. Well, it was the sixties. Yeah. <laughs> it was the sixties. This is true. I mean, Bond is walking around wearing a cravat for most of this. Movie, so yeah. I mean, don't, don't we all? Yeah. I mean, I, I, I was in, I, I was in college once. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I get home. I take off my, uh, my, my work polo and I put on a nice cravat. <laughs> yeah. Very relaxing. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> but, but, but yeah. Okay. So Blofeld's big plot is that um, he's using his status to kind of say that he runs this health spa where all these girls go to get sent or, or get sent essentially to kind of work out 
some things. And while he's there, he brainwashes them so that they can distribute some sort of a biological agent that can destroy mm-hmm. like all the crops and livestock, which is actually a kind of a scary thought. Yeah, it's it's like spookily plausible. It's like genetic engineering can do that kind of thing nowadays, and it's very right. it's very eerie. Yeah, yeah. Bond, of course, playing the angle of since Blofeld wants to be this uh, this sort of Baron or or I think it was Baron, right? Is that what we said? Yeah, or some sort of. Anyways, yeah, count. Yeah. Is it, count. That's count. what it was. A count. You're right. He wants to be the count. Uh, <laughs> sorry. All of a sudden, <laughs> I, all I could picture was uh, uh, Sesame Street. There, five glorious rings. Oh. 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 But yeah, he. <laughs> one, one bond. Double O one. Double O two. Okay, I'll stop. I won't. Do no, that. that was great. That was great. <laughs> Yeah, so he, uh, Bond plays off that angle, and he pretends to be Sir Hillary Bray, the the mm-hmm. guy from from this uh, coat of arms. I don't know. They they kind of validate coat of arms and bloodlines. It's, yeah, it's he's like a, a royal a, college of something. Uh, yeah, he's like a royal genealogist, basically. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah, and so he pretends to be Sir Hillary Bray, and he's discovered. Like Blofeld, pretty much knows it's him. Because he ends up uh, sleeping with like some of the <laughs> some of the oh, ladies, yeah, there. some of the test subjects. <laughs> yes, yeah, and I love that scene where he wakes up and you get this. You know, it's like the camera fades in and focuses mm-hmm. on the Christmas tree and and Telly Savalas, and he's like, "Hey, Mister Bond," and he's like, "No, no, I'm I'm Hillary, Sir Hillary Bray." He's like, "Come on now, like guys from the Royal <laughs> College of Arms don't." Uh, they don't go around seducing all these women. Merry Christmas, 007. I'm Sir Hilary Bray. Oh, no, 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 Mr. Bond. Respectable baronets from the College of Heralds do not seduce female patients in clinics. On the other hand, they do get their professional details right. The Blochamp tombs are not in the Augsburg Cathedral, as you said, but in the St. Anna Kirsch. Sir Hilary Bray would have known. A small slip. Takes more than a few props to turn 007 into a herald. Take more than cutting off your earlobes, Blofeld, to turn you into a count. I may yet surprise you. <laughs> like, ooh, Bond. Oh, you got me dead to rights here. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Dang it. <laughs> yep. Uh, yeah, that was just, that's great. <laughs> so funny. But I, I love, you know, you, you know, you know he's got to seduce, you know, some women at some point, and he's got this whole this whole gaggle of uh, like female test subjects at this, at this lab. Right. And he seduces them just one after another. Right. Right. He, 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 you know, he has fun with one and he gets up, goes back to his room and there's another one waiting for him. And he just, well, this is the job. Wait, wait in Rome. <laughs> going, uh, in Rome. That's right. For, for King and country. Right. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so on her, on her majesty's secret service. <laughs> yeah. Mm. Yep. <laughs> oh man. <laughs> yep. Which, by the way, the title—it's kind of a play on like a stamp, I suppose. I think is what I read mm-hmm. on Her Majesty's Service as like the mail. Oh, okay. Anyway, but <laughs> apparently, this is one of the only like. There's a few, but this is one of the the few Bond films that actually doesn't use the title in its theme song. And it's because yeah. they could never quite make On Her Majesty's Secret Service work 
in the song lyrics that they were working on. So <laughs> they just made it an instrumental instead. But uh, <laughs> right, I, you, it, nothing rhymes with on Her Majesty's Secret Service. Service it's kind of a kind of it's kind of a mouthful. Yeah, I got nothing, man. No, I don't know. <laughs> but I mean, the, the song that we do get um, by Louis Armstrong, right, Louis is very, Armstrong, it's yeah. very nice. Um, yeah. And it's like and that's one of the the pieces. Yeah, you know, I knew the ending to this going in, and that's like one of those like, oh, that's that's definitely foreshadowing, isn't it? Right. Yeah. Very, all the, very, all the time in the world, right? I think all the time in the world. Yeah, yeah. Very very sad. Very kind of kind of spooky. But uh, yeah. yeah, it's good stuff. So Bond eventually escapes and mm-hmm. he makes his way down to like a, a village. I think it's Lauterbrunnen or something like that. And mm-hmm. uh, and he meets Tracy because and I don't remember why in the in the movie, but I know in the novel, like her dad basically tells her, yeah, Bond is in Switzerland around this area because she's anxious. She wants to like go see him again. And her dad mm-hmm. is like, yeah. told him. so I don't remember if that's how she got there in the movie or not. I think in the um, movie she really just shows up. She yeah. just happens to be there. I think so. Yeah, yeah. Which, I I can't remember. Fine. Yeah, I mean, you know, there's always that that kind of perfectly convenient plot contrivance. That, yeah, uh, I mean, at, honestly, the movie is long enough. We got to keep this thing moving. <laughs> <laughs> it's this was like the I think I read this was like the longest Bond film for a long time. Yeah, I think until just recently when No right. Time to Die because that one's like pushing three hours almost. Right. Right. And this one, uh, yeah, this one was up there. It's right at two and a half. Yeah. Anyway, she helps him like escape. There's a blizzard and he pretty much says that he's fallen in love with her. And mm-hmm. and I think he even proposes to her at this point as well. Yeah. They're, they're hiding out in a barn uh, up in the loft. And yeah, he, he proposes marriage to her right there on the spot. And what's she going to say? No, <laughs> he's James Bond, famous James super Bond. spy. <laughs> you don't say no to James Bond. I give uh, no, apparently not. <laughs> many, many movies has shown me that you can't. No, <laughs> many have tried and many have failed. <laughs> many, many have failed. So, yeah, Blofeld creates an avalanche again. They manage to escape. Bond basically is he's back with them. He's told, hey, you know, Blofeld's plan. And so Bond has to go in and uh, stop everything, which, uh, spoiler alert, he does. <laughs> and oh, we he, get a we get a fantastic bobsled scene. <laughs> yeah, like like it's it's not it's one thing to have this just amazing like helicopter shootout crazy. on the top of a mountain and then it jumps straight into a bobsled chase. <laughs> it's fantastic. <laughs> I the only thing missing for me was like John Candy and uh <laughs> Oh yeah. <laughs> Some people say you know them can't believe Jamaica, we have a bobsled team. We have yes. the Wanderers. I know one junior. You, Sanka. The fastest of the fastest of Jamaican sprinters. Go to Olympics, fight for Jamaica. Oh, I can just, just see Bond like, Ein. I don't know. I, I'm not Ein, zwei, drei. Right, yeah. <laughs> feel the rhythm, feel the feel rhyme, the... Mr. Bond. <laughs> exactly what I was about to say. <laughs> but, uh, Anyway, Blofeld escapes. Well, he 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 doesn't so much he doesn't so much escape as he gets like his he head gets stuck cut in, in a tree, tree right? branch, <laughs> and that's kind of the end of him, uh, so called. But like, I mean, Bond didn't want to follow up on that. <laughs> yeah, when, yeah. Okay, turn, I mean, turn the bobsled around. He's right? like one of the one of the most dangerous men in the world. 
<laughs> he just is stuck in a tree back there. Yeah. <laughs> and you're not going to double check on that, right? Yeah. <laughs> like, eh, I, I beat him. He's all right. <laughs> he He's can't do fine. From up there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The tree will, that, that'll stop him. Yeah. But Mm-mm. cut to Bond and Tracy getting married and everything's awesome and fun and they're happy. And as they're driving away, we get, uh, oof, we get Blofeld and, uh, was oh, it Irma? Irma yeah. Bunt, right? Irma Bunt. Yeah. And she like literally just guns them down. And while Bond survives, Tracy doesn't. And that's kind of how it ends with her oh, dead yeah. in his arms. And it's all right. It's quite all right, really. She's having a rest. We'll be going on soon. There's no hurry, you see. We have all the time in the world. Uh, what? <laughs> it's, it's it's so sad. It's, it's so sad. Such a gut punch. Yes. After this, I mean, it's it's kind of a, a slapdash sort of love story, but it's you know Diana Rigg and and George Lazenby do a good job with it. And they do, you, yeah. And they believe, do have some you, chemistry, so I, I believe, believe them. Yeah. Right. And you're happy for them to get married, and then all of a sudden they just get ripped away. It's it's terrible. Right. Now now imagine. Sean Connery. Oh, heartbreaker. <laughs> yeah, a heartbreaker. Yeah. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Academy Awards. Come on. Oh, man. Yeah. That would have been something. You know, a lot of people thought this movie was a bomb, but it actually did fairly well. It made like 82 million. Um, the reason it was considered a failure, well, besides some of the mixed reviews, was really because it just didn't do as much as sean connery's previous film which did like 107 but based from its budget i mean it did really really well so it's kind of one of those where you kind of have to say yeah okay it didn't do as well but like we made money we made lots of money here yeah i guess at that point you know if the machine doesn't do better than it did the last time then that's considered a failure you know right right marvel's in that right now exactly so like if if the what the sixth film doesn't do better than the fifth film then we have to retool and, and start all over again right um, right which yeah which is exactly what they did so right for, because for better or worse connery came back for one more which was diamonds mm-hmm. are forever and then uh that was uh and then it was it was uh, roger moore for, roger moore's you know, time yeah the next next 20 some years <laughs> yeah i thought you were gonna say the next 20 some films but <laughs> oh i mean might as well (laughs) (laughs) all right now before we we move on uh before we start wrapping it up here i want to talk really quickly about the song that they sing in this it's called do you know how christmas trees are grown performed by nina do you know how christmas trees are grown they need sunshine sunshine can't grow christmas trees alone they need raindrops Raindrops can't grow Christmas trees Here's the reason why In the winter rain will freeze And the trees will die The song itself is very 60s. Like, it doesn't get more 60s than this song. (laughs) I mean, it really is. But I I want to tell you some of the lyrics here. Just read them out to you. Okay. (laughs) And Okay, so it says, Do you know how Christmas trees are grown? They need sunshine. 
Sunshine can't go grow Christmas trees alone. They need raindrops. I mean, that's kind of like just every tree, right? I mean, <laughs> every tree needs sun and water. This is, so, yeah, this is a children's song, I, I guess. <laughs> Kids, do you know where your Christmas trees come from? <laughs> well, and then it just says uh, they need sunshine and raindrops, friendship and kindness and love. Oh, yeah. That's that's yeah. that doesn't say james bond to me at all no. i'm sorry yeah it's it's they could have gone a whole different way with this song and it still could have been amazing but yeah that's that, that's yeah. an odd one there like, do you, <laughs> the the third verse do you know how santa gets around he needs snowflakes <laughs> snowflakes can't do it all i found he needs reindeer yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah i tell you what snowflakes can't get anybody around no <laughs> unless unless you're in the avalanche exactly <laughs> or oh. fr- well maybe frosty frosty can belly whop down but that's true that's true <laughs> i'll tell you snowflakes were, were a heck of a problem for james bond <laughs> You know, uh, in this movie, but in future movies, he just grabs a snowboard and starts snowboarding. Yeah, he just he just shreds right on down that mountain <laughs> <laughs> to the Beach Boys. Yeah. <laughs> oh man, that song! Oh my gosh. The uh, the actual uh, instrumental theme song is fantastic, done by John Barry. Mm-hmm. Um, he started using more synthesizer and electric guitar, and it uh, it actually is just a really really catchy song. But um, that particular one, uh, the Christmas tree one, not so much. Not so much. I will say the the um, like the Honor Majesty's Secret Service like theme. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a a techno group called the Propeller Heads that does a really amazing like techno version of this song. Oh, it's, cool! It's like a, a ten minute magnum opus, and it's the it's like the Bond theme, but with you know a a break beat behind it, and it's just I I drove home from work listening to it today. <laughs> it's it's been it's great. Speaking of theme, which by the way, I'm gonna have to check that out. But uh, yeah, the the Bond theme, so composed by Monty Norman, the mm-hmm. bridge section was actually done by um uh, by John Barry, and then he created the arrangement that everybody knows. So for a long time, there was a legal battle between John Barry and Monty Norman over who actually composed the song. And now it has been decided officially it is Monty Norman composed it, uh, but John okay. Barry's arrangement of it is what popularized it, right. So like, I guess I guess one is the the guitar line and the other is like the big brass uh, section. Exactly. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That guitar line done by Vic Flick, which mm-hmm. is a fantastic guitar player. Just nice, slightly, just very, very slight distortion on his uh, electric. Just enough. Yeah, just enough. And just he plays enough. it way up by the bridge. So it adds a little more tinny sound as well. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But uh, yeah, fantastic. And it was actually the song originally um, that Monty Norman section was based on a previous work he had done um, uh, about Mr. Biz was. It was like a from a musical play that he he had done. Oh, okay. Yeah. But anyway, so John Barry went on to score a ton of James Bond films. In From Russia With Love, he even created his own theme that he reused in like Thunderball and some of the others, although it didn't quite stick. It's that, uh, uh, you'll recognize it if you hear it. It's when they're in the, uh, the gypsy camp, you know, something like that. Yeah. Yeah. I know. I know that one. Exactly. And so he was hoping that would become like the bond theme. Oh, <laughs> didn't take off. The other one was just too iconic at that point. And, mm. uh, but anyway, um, so real quick, <laughs> I want to just read some of the, um, 
1980, like I said, ITV show The Man with the Golden Gun. In 81, it was Dr. No. 82 was Moonraker. And uh, that's when they started showing these after the Queen's Christmas Address. So 83 was The Spy Who Loved Me. 84, uh, The Man with the Golden Gun. 85, uh, Moonraker again. 86 was... They actually showed Never Say Never Again, which is an odd choice. We had talked about that. The remake of Thunderball. Controversial. 87, The Spy Who Loved Me. 88, Octopussy. And 89, On Her Majesty's Secret Service. Wow. So some uh, some pretty good pretty good ones there. Pretty, 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 pretty good. We, we got we got that one in in the 80s just yeah, under the wire. Exactly. Yeah, it counts. <laughs> it counts. <laughs> Perfect. Oh, man. But on that note, it does make me wonder, what would you say would be your hap, hap, happiest memory or moment with James Bond? Ooh. Okay. I, I was thinking about this this morning. Do you remember? This is going to be a really weird digression. Do you remember a cartoon called James Bond Jr.? Yes. I was searching to see if they actually had a Christmas episode. I could not find one. <laughs> I, mean, I think technically that's uh, that's a 90s James Bond invention, but that's okay. Uh, right, but right. I remember very, very vividly having, you know, I got my first Nintendo when I was four. And then when okay. I was six, I got a copy of James Bond Jr. for Christmas. Nice. And I, I'll go ahead and tell you, like, I, I went back to like watch some of the the gameplay of it because it's been a long time. It's kind of like a like a Metal Gear game for kids. <laughs> but I remember at the time thinking, this is incredibly hard. I don't know what the heck I'm doing. Because <laughs> you're you're going all over this island trying to like um like uh, mm. disable these missiles by solving like a four by four tile puzzle. And at the time, you know, six year old me, not very good at that. So <laughs> like I would I would be great at you know jumping and shooting and stuff. But when it gets to the puzzles, I'm like, what do I do? There was a lot of random games that were hard. For yeah. Nintendo, like um, GI Joe, was hard. I never played that one. Yeah, yeah. Oh the, man, the sequel was a little bit easier. Uh, that one was hard. Um, X Men. It's like a X Men. Oh yeah, that's ridiculously that was rough. hard. Yeah, I yeah. remember um, the the Bill and Ted game was like uh, you you needed you needed a walkthrough to tell you where to go and what to do in that game. <laughs> <laughs> it's like not immediately obvious at all. Yeah, yeah, and there was but, uh, there was a few like that. And you're just, you know, as a kid, you rent it for like what the weekend from mm-hmm. your local video store, and I mean, you're yep. you're just you're trying your hardest. You, you get <laughs> two days to figure say. this game out, and if you can't, well, we never have to play it again. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, <laughs> go rent a different uh, different game next time. Exactly. <laughs> like, like we uh, we would always wind up renting. Uh, oh, what was that game? Skate or die. Oh yeah, I, I, I love the skateboarding game. Nice. I still love the skateboarding games. Nice, <laughs> big I, Tony Hawk fan. I was big into uh, Mega Man, so Mega Man was my jam. Yeah, Mega yeah. Man always, All always and forever. Yep. <laughs> yep. <laughs> uh, but no, that's that's a uh, that's a good choice there. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I do remember James Bond Junior. because I always thought it was funny the way he said it. he was like Bond, James Bond, Junior. Like you like just add the little pause. Yeah, <laughs> so, yeah. So randomly, whenever we'd say our name, we would just add Junior. You know, Junior. <laughs> so so delicate and so so polite. I know. <laughs> yeah. Uh, no, that was really good. Um, so yeah. I think for me, I remember this one time. It was a school night, and they were showing uh, which one? Live and Let Die. Mm-hmm. 
And I remember wanting to stay up and watch because I had to finish. I had to know, does Bond end up with, um, uh, oh gosh, uh, what's her name? It's not Domino. That's from Thunderball. Solitaire? Solitaire. Does, does yeah. Bond end up with Solitaire? Does, you know, does, how's he going to defeat, uh, you know, the villain? I mean, it was like all these things and I, I wanted to know, but it was a school night, so I couldn't <laughs> stay up to finish watching it. So uh, I made my dad record the ending of it. <laughs> <laughs> And um, so I watched it like, I don't know, the, the next weekend. But I just remember being like, please, please, because I'd already gotten my like I'd gotten my dad to to record like Thundercats after school and, mm-hmm. and uh, some of the other cartoons that I love to watch. And so it was just one of those where uh, he finally relented. I think I, I bothered him enough. And now as a parent, I know um, that, you know, it, I, I just bothered him enough to, <laughs> to get him to do it. <laughs> That's all my kids are doing, but, uh, yep. Yep. yeah, <laughs> <laughs> but now we come to my favorite part of the show, which is a little segment I like to call gag me with the spoon. So this is where we do our best impression of our least favorite part of, uh, you know, James Bond, one of the, oh, uh, one okay. of these movies here. <laughs> so as the guest, I'll let you go first, just kind of set up the scene for us. Okay. Uh, the scene that I thought was the most ridiculous was he, he, when Bond is in the chalet and he's talking to all the girls and he's trying to pretend to be um, you know, Hillary Bray and explain to them all of his, these things about like genealogies and coats of arms. And he starts talking about his coat of arms and he has just this weird, he's like weirdly smug about it. So, <laughs> now, when we authorize a coat of arms... Also, but he's he's he, James Bond is putting on a stupid accent, so I'm trying to go like double. <laughs> yeah. Stupid. Yeah. Okay. When we authorize a coat of arms, it can include all sorts of funny things: crescent moons and portcullis, beasts, ramparts, bars, bazants. That's gold bars, mind you. I brought a book on the subject with me. There's a picture of my own coat of arms, which includes four gold balls. If you'd like to, if you'd like to see them, <laughs> how cheeky, Mister Bond. <laughs> I mean, Mister Bray. <laughs> <laughs> and I love, I love how later on, when Roger Moore was James Bond and he would go undercover, it was always like James, you know, and then a fake last name, <laughs> <laughs> James Smith. Yeah, yeah. yeah. James Sinjin Smythe or something, you mm-hmm, know. <laughs> mm-hmm. But uh yeah, so that was good. That was really good. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> I, better than I could do. So the part that I thought was the worst, and I know they were doing this to kind of be tongue in cheek about the whole situation, mm-hmm. but the part that I thought was the worst is when Tracy like leaves and uh Bond just you know kind of mugs to the camera basically and says like this never happened to the other fella. <laughs> it's like, come on, man. Like, like oh, wait, are, are, are you telling me there are two James Bonds? Yeah. 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 It's like, you're, why are you dead pulling this man? It, yeah, exactly. <laughs> there's, there's no need to argue about, uh, if it's, you know, Stewart or McAvoy, just, you know, <laughs> yeah, just, just do it. <laughs> yeah. Oh man. Yeah. That, that I, that's ridiculous. That line is just, <laughs> yeah (laughs) oh man but you know i gotta know uh so gi joe taught us that knowing is half Mm -hmm. the battle what do you think the other half is Ooh, i mean it's definitely gotta be skiing right 
<laughs> if you if you know how to ski, you can get away from anybody. <laughs> or bobsled. <laughs> or bobsledding, yes. Winter the Winter Olympics is half the battle. <laughs> yeah. Just just winter sports, man. Winter sports. Uh, <laughs> Can't be beat. That's uh, so that's better than mine. Mine was just, you know, having a Q branch to make gadgets for you. <laughs> So, he didn't well he, he didn't have many gadgets. He didn't really use one, any did gadgets. Yeah. So I did like there's a scene where he's you know thinking about he's trying to resign and he like grabs props from like previous movies and like throwing them like in a box essentially. Yeah. Uh, and he had like the little uh, mini rebreather from Thunderball and mm-hmm. He's got the watch with like the 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 choke wire in it. He's like playing with it like oh, well, all right. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was like, okay, see, that would have been super cool with like Sean Connery in there. <laughs> yeah, it's like, oh, I remember this. And then with Lacey, yeah. it's like, oh, this is this other, all these other guys' toys. <laughs> Pretty much. Yeah. <laughs> it's the other fella's toys. The other fella's toys. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's the name of the movie. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, uh, gross. Joe, it's been, uh, it's been fun talking with you. I've had a great time. Uh, you know, tell me about your show. Well, I mean, or or so, anything else you want to plug? Well, so. I mean, these days I'm I'm running two podcasts, so I'm I'm kind of trying to juggle you know two balls in the air at the same time right now. So Christmas right. Creeps is is my baby. It's it's the one we've been doing for several years oh. now, and we're just now getting into um my favorite season, Home for the Horror Days, nice. where we watch uh, Christmas themed horror movies. Which I, I think some people think that that's all we do on the show, which <laughs> based on our name, maybe it should be. <laughs> but like, I always look forward to it because it's it always seems like there's always more weird like Christmas horror movies out there's there. There's some crazy ones out there. Yeah. Yeah. And like they just announced a new one like this week with uh, David Harbour from Stranger Things. Oh, I can't wait. Yeah. Oh, Violet Night. That's, Violet that looks, Night. It looks so fun. It looks have, amazing. Have you guys done Elves? From like 1980, yeah, that so? was like one of our first episodes. Okay, okay, and I it, it might be due yep. for a revisit because it's just so strange. <laughs> it's like next level bananas. It's out it there. is <laughs> like you, you you wouldn't think you'll get it. You wouldn't think like a Christmas elf movie would get into Nazi conspiracies, but it right. does. <laughs> <laughs> um. So yeah, oh, October yeah. for Christmas creeps. We are doing Christmas themed horror movies, and then I have a second podcast called the OST party where myself and my co-host, we pick a different movie soundtrack each week and we break it down kind of song by song. Nice. And that's, that's always a lot of fun. Yeah. yeah. So check I those out. Uh, like our most recent one, we just did the whole episode based on the movie swingers. Oh, that's a great yeah. soundtrack. So, like my co-host Libby is a, an encyclopedia when it comes to like the swing revival. So okay, I, I just let kind of let her, do her thing for an episode and it was it was fascinating i never i never want to learn anything more about the swing revival <laughs> because now i know it all um <laughs> i got yeah, you yeah <laughs> definitely check those out at christmas creeps and at ost party on twitter right on man right on yeah and uh i remember so i was a I had to teach music theory and music history for mm-hmm. a while and it was an elective course that kids that didn't know anything about music had to take. And so while, when I first started, I actually would like teach them music theory and I could just see their eyes glazing over. So in the end, I converted it to like a film music class. And so we would just talk about like uh, movie scores and soundtracks. And that's awesome. It was a lot of fun. And so I got super into like film scores. I mean, I already loved them, but like I got even more into it. And Mm -hmm. so anytime someone's talking about like, 
film soundtrack or score, you know, I'm like, yeah. oh man, have you heard this one? Have you done this? And it's just, it's so much fun. So definitely go check it out. I think you guys, didn't you guys also do like a Pete and Pete um, run yeah, for we, a bit? I, yeah, we did one uh, where we, we, we talked about like TV theme songs and that Pete and Pete was definitely in the mix. Yeah, yeah. And we <laughs> we, we, we also did an episode all on James Bond themes. So uh, there's some we, great ones out there. Yeah, there's yeah, we, we, we had to pick our top 10 out of like 25 it was it was difficult <laughs> which one was your do you remember which one your top one was i think my top one was i want to say it was uh casino royale you know my name mm. uh or chris cornell, chris has cornell to, yeah has to kind of reintroduce james bond and with with daniel craig it's just it's a great song yeah that, i cannot overstate how great that song is yeah no it really is that's a good one yeah. well and especially if you're more into like the uh alternative rock from you know the like That's the true. 90s area yeah. which it's kind of what we grew up with you know so it, it really is yeah yeah but like even even going so going back as far as like you know the shirley bassey themes from the right. 60s like there's mm-hmm. just something kind of magical about those i love them yeah yeah what, what's what's your favorite james bond theme oh that's a tough one yeah <laughs> it might actually be it's really close between goldfinger Mm-hmm. That's a good one. And I really like Skyfall, but ah, oh, the Chris Cornell one is so good too. I had completely <laughs> forgotten about it until you mentioned it. It was like that was a fantastic song. <laughs> you know, it might actually I think it's Goldfinger. Yeah. Yeah. That, that's a solid it's just, pick. It's just classic, you know, and, and while uh while I think personally I like I, I really like Chris Cornell one, mm-hmm. I, I you know because musically it's just more my 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 jam. Right. I think it, I think you just got to go with the Goldfinger. It's just classic, you know? I get it. Yeah. It makes sense. Yeah. 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 It, it's, it's, it's more James Bond. Than right. Cornell. Right. That's, that's for sure. Like I would just listen to, you know, my name, like anytime. Yeah. Like if it, if it came on the radio, Oh, I would absolutely. Crank yeah. Yeah. Up. You crank up the volume, you know? Yeah, definitely. But like, uh, I, that one, if I'm thinking James Bond themes, I think that's probably the definitive James Bond. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, that's, so that's probably fair. that one. That's tough. Yeah, that's a tough question. <laughs> uh, with no preparation. That's, that's I didn't mean tough. to put you on the spot. No, no, like that's, I'm glad you did. It's good. <laughs> solid contenders out there, you know? There really are, yep. <laughs> oh, man. But yes, definitely go check out Christmas Creeps. Check out OST and, and all that. So yeah, um, that's, that's good stuff, man. Absolutely. Thank, yeah, thanks for having me. I, I always enjoy talking about weird Christmas stuff. So uh, have me back whenever whenever you want. I, I, uh, you're going to be, yes, you're my, my pick for elves. <laughs> oh, yes. I can't wait. <laughs> but, but we'll pick some, some normal Christmas stuff too. <laughs> well, yeah. You got to mix it up every now and then. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. But, uh, on that note, <laughs> uh, I'll end it by saying, Merry Christmas, 007. So check us out on our social media pages, Facebook and Instagram at Totally Rad Christmas, Twitter at Rad Christmas, or our Facebook group, Totally Rad Christmas Mall and Arcade, where you can make your voice known to us as well. We post anything and everything 80s or Christmas related. And if you're feeling like Bond at his wedding, leave us a review on iTunes. It helps us reach more people and spread some rad holiday cheer. Now, don't forget to check out our merch shop on tpublic.com and our super dope website, totallyradchristmas.com, courtesy of Tis the Podcast Elf, Tom Crow. Happy Christmas. Later, dudes. 